If you have your Bible this morning, would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the Gospel of John? It's the fourth book in the New Testament, John in chapter 1. In the early verses of chapter 1, we've begun seeing who Jesus is. We're seeing here who Jesus is and why you can and should believe in Him. John reveals who Jesus is, and he does so with seven titles for Jesus. First, we saw that Jesus is the Word. He's the Word, the Word made flesh, God's revelation of Himself to mankind in human flesh. The Word made flesh. Jesus is the Word. Last week, we noted that Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light of life. Light means life. It's, uh, it's one of the things that we enjoy about a sunny day, isn't it? It gives us, it gives us kind of a, a, fra- a breath of fresh air and gives us life, so to speak, when we see a, a nice sunny day. And Jesus is the light of life. And today we return to the passage that we looked at last week, to continue our look at the importance of Jesus being the light. Why you can believe that He is the light. Why you can believe that He is the Savior of the world. He is the light of life. So I want to begin once again with verse 1. Let's start by reading the first 13 verses of John chapter 1. As you follow along in your copy of God's Word, uh, I will read these uh, first 13 verses from the English Standard Version. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Those are the first 13 verses of John chapter 1, and we're returning to these same verses that we looked at last Sunday Because we want to continue to look at another facet of this idea of Jesus being the light. And that is the truth of bearing witness about the light. We saw last time that in the first, in verse 6, the Apostle John introduces another man named John, John the Baptist. And he indicates that he is a man who was sent from God. 
And in verse 7, he says that he came as a witness. You see it there in verse 7? He came as a witness to do what? To bear witness about the light. That's Jesus. What John the Apostle makes clear is that this other John, John the Baptist, he himself was not the light, but he came to bear witness about someone else who is the light. John 1.8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. He also points to this truth later here in chapter 1. Go down to verses 19 and 20 and look at what it says there. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I love that. He didn't even actually tell them who he, <laughs> he, he points to Jesus, doesn't he? He came to point to Jesus. I am not the Christ. And so it's clear that John the Baptist's purpose, sent on mission from God, was to be a witness, to bear witness about the light of life, who is Jesus Christ. Now, if you've been here for these first two studies, previous to this one, you remember why he was bearing witness about the light? It's the same reason John the Apostle wrote this gospel. Uh, and I've been pointing to it in chapter 20 and verse 31. It's the purpose for John's writing this gospel. He says there in chapter 20 and verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That reminds us, it takes us back to chapter 1 and thinking about the light of life who is Jesus Christ. And that's just what we see here in verse 7 in chapter 1. John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. John the Baptist preceded Jesus and his purpose in being sent by God was to make much of Jesus, to, to point to the Savior, to point to the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of life, to bear witness about the light. Why? So that other people would see clearly who he is and put their faith in him and in him alone. That they would have life in his name. But John the Baptist was not alone. And this is important evidence to the truth of who Jesus is and why you should believe in him. There were others who pointed to the light. It wasn't only John the Baptist. There were many others who have pointed to the light before Jesus arrived and since Jesus arrived. Now, who were these, think about those who came before, who were these forerunners of Jesus Christ the light? Some were, in fact, the Old Testament prophets. They foretold the sufferings of Jesus. They foretold of the glories that would follow 
In fact, when you read in First uh, Peter 1, verses 10 and 11, you hear this. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and subsequent glories. What Peter is doing is pointing back to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 7, chapter 9, or chapter 53. He's also pointing back to the prophet Micah in Micah 5, 2. And he's pointing to the many other prophecies concerning Jesus, of which it's been estimated, get this, there are more than 300 prophecies pointing to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Jesus also reminded his disciples of this truth to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He says in Luke chapter 24 and verses 25 through 27, and um, this is going to be a scripture-rich sermon this morning, so hang on, and you might want to get a pen or a pencil out to jot down these references if you want to look at them later. Luke 24, verses 25 through 27. O foolish ones, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And later, Jesus said this to the apostles in Jerusalem, Luke 24, verses 44 through 47, Luke 24. Verse 44, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus Christ prophesied, prophesied of in the Old Testament and the New Testament writers point back, reach back to the Old Testament and point to this. And then, of course, John the Baptist was, a, was also a forerunner of Jesus. We see that in our passage this morning. But it's interesting, too, that John the Baptist himself was also foretold of by Isaiah. Isaiah 40 in verse 3. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And that voice was John the Baptist. He was also identified as the one who was foretold of in Isaiah. Um, You'll find it in Matthew and Mark and Luke, the three Gospels. And as we see today, in our passage here in John 1, John the Apostle 
relates how John the Baptist bore witness about the light. So there were many who came before John. And then there was John the Baptist. Now, why is all of this evidence important? Well, because John the Baptist was declaring that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus would be the sacrifice for sinners, sent by God the Father as God the Son, God in human flesh, to live the life that He lived, a sinless life, and then to receive punishment for our sins, not His own. He had none. He would be the Lamb of God. All that sacrificing in the Old Testament, all of that points to the Lamb of God who had come to be the final sacrifice for sins, the one sufficient and all-complete sacrifice for sins. He would be the Lamb of God. John 1 and verse 29. You're in chapter 1 of John. You can go look at verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then later in verses 35 and 36, the next day, again, John was standing with the two, two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Look to the Lamb of God. Look to the light of life. Look to Jesus. And so both the prophets and John bore witness about Jesus prior to Jesus' ministry on earth. But that's not all. During the course of Jesus' ministry, there was another one who bore witness to Jesus, the light. God the Father. God the Father bore witness about Jesus. And God did that in several ways. The first way, God bore witness through signs, through miracles, through the miracles that Jesus did, in fact. Jesus says this in John chapter 5. And if you want to turn to John chapter 5 and look at verses 36 and 37, you'll see this. John chapter 5 and verse 36. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish... The very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. It's incredible, isn't it? John chapter 5, verses 36 and 37. Even Nicodemus realize this. John chapter 3. You can turn to John chapter 3 and look at verse 2 where, where we see this. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
So God bore witness through signs and through the miracles that Jesus did. And even the man born blind recognized this when he says, John chapter 9 and verses 32 and 33, Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And later the man born blind said, once I was blind, but now I can see. And I love that. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, once you were blind, but now you can see. Why? Because of Jesus Christ, the light of life. And so first, God bore witness through signs. Second, God the Father also bore witness about God the Son through His voice from heaven. There was the time at the baptism of Jesus that God the Father spoke from heaven saying, uh, and we hear these words in Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. God the Father spoke. There was also the time at the Mount of Transfiguration that God the Father spoke from heaven saying, Matthew 17, 5, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And then at Jerusalem, during the last week before Jesus' crucifixion, we hear this in John 12, verses 27 through 28. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name, says Jesus. Then this, then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Now, God the Father also bore witness a third way. And if I give you time to think about this, you could probably come up with it. A third way that God the Father bore witness about who Jesus is was by raising Jesus from the dead. We see this in Romans chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, when God declared Jesus to be the Son of God with power concerning His Son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. And then God also declared Jesus to be the one who will judge the world. Making clear who Jesus is. Acts chapter 17 and verses 30 and 31 is where we see that. The times of ignorance, says verse 30 in Acts 17. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. Because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom He has appointed And of this He has given assurance to all. How? By raising Him from the dead. Who's that man? Jesus. By raising Him from the dead. 
And when God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, He was was seen. (laughs) He was seen by several witnesses, by many witnesses. And there were... Uh, many of those witnesses were commanded also to be witnesses themselves of the light we hear these words in acts chapter 10 verses 42 and 43 where it says and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who who uh, one appointed by god to be judge of the living and the dead to him All the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. This is incredible. When you stop and think about all the evidence and all the eyewitness evidence and the Word from God Himself, who Jesus is, with all of this testimony pointing to Jesus the light, We have every reason to believe and no reason to doubt. Do you believe in Jesus? When you hear evidence like this, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in the light of life? If you say, I believe in Jesus, then I ask this, Does your life show that you believe in Jesus? Is your life being changed by God? Are you you different? (laughs) Are you becoming different than you were before you said, I believe in Jesus? Because it's one thing to say, to testify, to say, I believe in Jesus. It's another thing to know Jesus personally, to be saved by Him because you have put your faith in Him alone and you want to become the person that He wants you to be from His Word, by, by obeying His Word, by applying His Word to your life? Do you believe in Jesus? If you say you believe, is He making a difference in your life? Do you believe in the light of life? If you believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, and I think that distinction is important to say, I, I trust in Jesus as my Lord. That means you want Him to be in charge. You surrender your life to His Lordship willingly. Have you done that? If you say you believe in the light of life, you will be changed. There were many who were charged with being witnesses And this charge to be witnesses wasn't only for the apostles. It wasn't only for Jesus' disciples in that day. If you're a believer in Jesus, you also have every reason not only to believe, but you also have every reason and you have a responsibility to bear witness about the light. Pointing other people to Jesus. And this is something we need to carefully consider the way we live in every area of our life either testifies to who Jesus is or testifies against who Jesus is. The light. And so this is important for those who say, I believe. I'm a believer in Jesus. 
Are you being changed? And what kind of testimony do you suppose you will have in the lives of unbelievers around you? Consider the kind of testimony that you will have if you are not being changed by God's word, if you are unhappy, if you are ungrateful, if you are a bitter and resentful person, imagine the kind of witness that that gives to the watching world, to those who say, I'm a believer, I believe in Jesus. Jesus' disciples bore witness not only through their eyewitness testimony, by what they said, not only by what they observed and said that they saw in their eyewitness testimony of Christ, that in itself was very important and that was powerful. They were eyewitnesses. Their witness provided verifiable evidence. And we are privileged to see it in the Scriptures. But, hear this, church, they also gave witness with their own lives. The way they lived their lives was probably, in many ways, a more powerful witness than what they said they saw. They gave witness with their own lives. They endured great hardship because they believed, they saw the light of life. They believed in Jesus and they were saved by Christ the light. They also pointed to the light not with their not only with their, their lives, the way they lived, but they also pointed to the light in their deaths, in the way they died, which gives credibility to their testimony. And that is powerful. Dying cruel deaths, why? Because they believed in the light of of life and they were willing to be to be pursued by those who wanted to see Jesus in any word of Jesus or any evidence of Jesus snuffed out because they believed in the light of life and he had changed them and was changing them from the inside out their lives bore witness church Do our lives bear witness to Jesus Christ? It's good when we can gather together and we can fellowship together, we can serve together and we can help one another and we can see and we have evidence in our midst of who we truly are that we can say, ah, they're a believer in Jesus. They're God's child. I know they are. I can see the evidence in their lives. Does the world see it? Does it go beyond this building? Does it go beyond this property? Does it go beyond this gathering of the church? It must. It must. God's calling us to be a testimony, to be eyewitnesses of what God is doing in us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as those who saw Jesus in the flesh testified of what He did and who He was, by their lives, by their lips, and by the ways that they died, that's not the only way that Jesus' disciples testified of who Jesus was. They also testified by their unity. Think of that. By their unity. 
The unity of Jesus' disciples is a powerful witness to Jesus the light. In fact, Jesus prayed for just this, to be true of his followers. John chapter 17, why don't you go there? We hear this in John 17 in verses 20 through 23. Because this is an important aspect of our testimony to who Jesus is to the watching world. Because if we don't get this right, the world will write off everything that we say we believe. Jesus prayed for just this to be true of his followers. John 17, verses 20 through 23. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Do you hear that? People will come to faith in Jesus Christ through the the word, the testimony of others. That they all may be one. I don't only ask for also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us so that the world may believe. The one, that they all may be one, he's talking about unity. He's not talking about uniformity. We don't all have to be the same, say the same thing, and want the same things, and think the same things. But... Led by the truth of God's word, shaped by the truth of God's word, ordered by the truth of God's word as a church. That's you. We ought to be unified, serving side by side for the sake of the gospel. And so, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. We can't miss it, can we? Can you, you, I can't miss it there. I don't think you can miss it either. That God wants us to be unified as the church. He unifies us as we look to the Word, as we've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And He unifies us as we grow in the truth of His Word. Why? so that the world may know. How will the world know what we're saying is true? When they see, it makes a difference in our lives. Today, you have all the evidence and every reason to believe in Jesus as Savior, Lord. You also have all this evidence and every reason to live your life so that your life points, not to you, and not even to this church, but to Jesus Christ. So that others will believe in Jesus and be saved. Be cleansed, be washed, be made new, receive forgiveness of sins. Jesus, the light, 
He came to give us life everlasting. He came to give us the truth of His Word so that we would would glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Jesus the Light came to us to give us the ability to turn from temptation and sin. And Ephesians 4, verses 1-3 through reminds you about the kind of conduct that's worthy of your calling as a follower of Jesus. This is what we are to give ourselves to, willingly surrender ourselves to. Ephesians 4, verses 1-3, through I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What's our calling? To testify to who Jesus is to the watching world. To know Him and enjoy Him forever. To glorify God in that way. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. There's that unity again. And then verse 3 says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We have something the world does not have. And when you gather with other believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you sense it, you realize it, this is special. So hear this, the evidence to who Jesus is, is clear in the Bible. It's unmistakable who Jesus is. May the evidence that Jesus lives in you, if you are His children, be clear to the watching world. May His evidence of who Jesus is live in us as His church and be clear, if we are His children, be clear to the watching world that Jesus is the light, the light of life. That our lives would point people to that light.